so I was um, talking to somebody and they had brought up the subject of self-sabotage and procrastination and this idea of just like being really content all the time but in ways that is maybe very unproductive and I wanted to explore this area with you guys just first note that obviously everything I say these are my perceptions and conclusions from my own experiences and so I always encourage you to take what resonates but even then you know question things and ask your own soul to help bring clarity to what is going on in your life but to me these all point to being scared of one's own power being somewhere kind of afraid of the truth of who you really are and embracing that and not just intellectually but emotionally energetically spiritually and I feel like the reason for this is because we feel really safe knowing our bounds and thresholds when we hear this we might think that's not true I you know love the idea of learning and exploring but the reality is when we really struggle with these areas is that it's like we kind of have this bubble and we like to kind of help decipher and decide and control what we reach out and pull into our bubble and we feel very safe there and to burst that bubble and actually cross that threshold um, can really bring some anxiety to another or feelings of um, unworthiness or just assuming that they're not going to be able to handle the, the truth of them. They're not going to be able to handle all of that power. And so this is to me symptoms of that. Not all of them, but definitely some of them. Because what's happening is through procrastination, one avoids having to cross the threshold. They're able to basically spend a lot more time trying to prepare themselves for something, to get more comfortable about the idea of something, kind of like dipping your toes into you know, a pool of cold water instead of just jumping straight in. But sometimes when we get in that procrastination, because we're actually seeking a way to push off the crossing of the threshold in order to feel better, we sometimes don't actually ever move out of it. You know, people lose dreams in this place. They don't end up following through with dreams and desires. They don't take that call of action. Um, they don't maybe get things done that they do feel a desire need to get done. Or for some, it they wait until the very last minute and, and then try to hurry and make something happen. And so to me, that is definitely uh, a, a form of self-sabotage in itself, the procrastination is. And self-sabotage is like, you know, maybe not even consciously realizing this, but trying to protect the state of the inner child. So the inner child 
has beliefs and things that he or she or non-gender, whatever term you want to apply here, got an agreement with things. And that is stored in our root chakras. So our root chakras are really the house of childhood, um, of our belief system of abundance. And so we may not realize that the self-sabotage is a layer of protection uh, to honor whatever these beliefs or what we got in agreement with concerning the inner child. Well, you um, coming from soul awareness is the parent now. And sometimes we have to go tell the inner child that it is safe and okay to uh, grow, to cross thresholds, to break up with beliefs and things we got in agreement with that might have been serving at the time. We likely did it as a way of survival, but may not necessarily need them now. Just like a computer that has, or a phone that has to be upgraded after so long, you know, it has to receive, you know, new downloads. Um, Our bodies, our inner child is kind of the same way. We have to upgrade our system. We have to download um, growth, some type of higher consciousness. Um, So otherwise we're running off really outdated and old systems. So sometimes the self-sabotage is simply because of that. And so you can really examine um, the inner child and what beliefs and things that they got in agreement with and see if you can clear those out of your root chakra by doing root chakra work while addressing these wounds and making your peace with them, uh, thanking them, showing gratitude for a moment uh, for the role that they played in your life and reassuring yourself that it's now safe to let it go and uh, to anytime we let go of something it is now space and we want to go ahead and bring something in to fill that space so that it doesn't just get filled up by anything so after you let go of something you want to establish something new uh, an upgraded belief or thought process Another thing you can do, and I wish I had this on camera because it would might be helpful, is you can place your right hand on your heart and take your um, index finger and pointer finger, I think that's it, <laughs> the two fingers next to your thumb, okay, and place those two on your third eye at the same time as you have your right hand on your heart. And this helps connect the psyche with the heart. So you can bring these to an alignment by programming new beliefs, such as, you know, it is now safe for me to step into my power. It is safe for me to, you know, get release. It's safe for me to release and then fill in the blanks of whatever it is that you need to release. Um, just to kind of help bring the psyche and the heart in alignment with what it is you are trying to do. 
other ways that, you know, we self-sabotage ourselves is not just through procrastination. It can be, you know, through addictions. It can be through um, gaslighting ourselves, um, you know, choosing to always stay in what is comfortable. We can self-sabotage our finances. We can um, self-sabotage through communication. Basically, something that a person spoke to me recently about, the reason why I'm doing this subject is they had said that, you know, sometimes some things seem too good to be true or things seem positive and this person will then self-sabotage it uh, without even necessarily really wanting that. It's not actually the desire, but they do as if they're testing to see if that's really a good thing or if it could easily be, you know, distorted, broken, pierced, um, ruined, changed as a way of ruining it first before there's some type of emotional investment or commitment to whatever it is, whether it's, you know, taking a new job offer, um, making a move, um, uh, a new connection, whatever, whatever it could be. And what, what I feel like that one can stem from is just a overall collect collection of experiences where good things in your life have soured, you know, like things changed because every, you know, things change, people change. And some of these could have been things from way back when for you. And it taught you that, um, good things are fragile things. So sometimes people might really try to test the fragileness of something. Um, another reason could be that maybe you felt like bad stuff was just always happening. You were always having bad luck, bad experiences, dealing with just lots of disappointment that when something good comes, it just feels like, well, how long is it going to be good? How, you know, I, I know of people where, um, they suddenly feel happy and excited and then they, it triggers them. Their self-sabotage pops up and they're like, uh Oh, like I'm happy. So that means something terrible is about to happen, you know? Uh, and they actually rob themselves of the happiness that has shown up that emotion, that experience, they already start to taint it from the worry of the future that they miss being able to just stay in this place of happiness and joy and just be there. And this is a, it is a form of self-sabotage and it's a painful one because there is this deep seated belief possible, you know, possibly that, you know, one is not deserving of good things and one is not deserving of joy or happiness or that, um, you know, one, um, has to always suffer. You know, there could be this like deep belief that, uh, I'm just, I basically am just here to suffer. It seems like, you know, life is so, uh, painful and, you know, there's things like that that can, 
need to be brought to the surface and examined because this is something that you might have gotten into agreement with. And because of that, it's why it keeps happening this way. It's why it keeps playing out this way is because you've, you're subconsciously sending the signal, inviting more of these experiences into your life. So sometimes, you know, simply changing these beliefs and agreements, you can really look at the experiences in your life um, as like a mirror of what's going on inside of you. Your The state of your inner being can really be reflected through the types of experiences that you are happy, uh, having. Sometimes, you know, we need to release the the past, like truly release and let it go so that we can reset. We can always reset and see that if we, you know, are willing to try and build a new life for ourselves, you know, there's different timelines going on. Um, I'm somebody that works with timelines and I believe that we all do. Um, some of us just might be a little bit more consciously aware of it than others, but I believe that we definitely all work with timelines and, um, what this kind of means to me, and I don't know if this is the way most people would explain it, is that it's like you have one soul, okay, but, and the soul is connected, like, like the, 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 I'm trying to think of how to put this in words. It's like there's multiple realities occurring. You know, every time you made a decision, what could have been the other choice is still being played out somewhere else. So like, I say yes to this, then that means what I said no to is probably being played out in a different timeline and this is kind of like my idea of how the soul is able to truly experience like the whole of everything it is able to experience all the different pathways all the different choices and opportunities that were ever presented to it it's like it goes down all these different avenues but we because we're here in this consciousness um, we don't really recognize this and I don't think it's designed for us to have but so much recognition of it. And so what is interesting and like, you know, time doesn't really exist, doesn't exist. So like timelines of the past are occurring at the same time as the present and what would be considered the future is all occurring as, as the soul is um, learning all these lessons and experiencing life. So it's kind of like, in my opinion, like all your incarnations are alive right now. They're all your incarnations are active right now. They are um, experiencing life. And because it's all the essence of one soul, you have access to these timelines. And I think that's why when people say that, you know, you're here and you've got incarnations worth of gifts or wounds or experiences, I feel like this is what it's saying. And maybe 
you know, this is just my unique perception of this, is that you are connected to all of these timelines because they're all of the same actual soul in these different timelines operating at the same time. It's it's kind of hard to wrap the head around um, and digest. So you can tap into this by realizing that you can shift your timeline. So maybe your timeline right now is not one that truly aligns with your desires and you feel it on a deep level that you're not satisfied or fulfilled or not for long. You don't feel like you're truly authentically showing up in this world. Like maybe you are experiencing a lot of authenticity to certain degrees, you know, in your own introverted state, but it's not feeling like it's really showing up though in a tangible way that's really affecting the physical reality. Well, you can you can decide to shift your timeline kind of like you know, going with quantum leaping, um, this timeline's not actually serving of me. I do believe that um, I have, you know, that I deserve uh, to experience what my highest timeline would be. What would be the timeline serving, most serving of my higher self? And I want to be on that one. And so you start making these shifts and it, it does change everything around you. And that can really be helpful too if you decide to start looking into the areas like that um, to help you work through this self-sabotage and, and heal that and transcend it and, and move on from it. But other things, you know, about self-sabotage is not only that it's a form of protection um, it's a form of, you know, helping you to stay in this bubble, but it, it can also be about leading into this, like idea of being really content is that, and this one I resonate with. So I used to have this feeling of it's better to be content than discontent. And I was someone that was like, how can I just be grateful no matter what, how can I just harmonize no matter what? And so I would just accept whatever, like whatever was my reality. Well, this is my reality. And instead of, it never really crossed my mind. I mean, there was a feeling inside. I knew I wasn't really, um, fulfilled, but I really didn't want to face that. So it was a sense of how can I just be really, uh, content with what I have and grateful because this is what it is. And I was okay with that because that felt very safe. And I'm somebody who feeling safe is one of the deepest psychological needs for me because of the life I've had. It's the number one thing I look for. And if, and it's the number one thing I create for myself to the, my best ability, I you know, I will do whatever I can to create that for myself. Um, and so basically we get in this sense of, well, 
I'm content and want to stay in this content because I at least know what to expect. We may not even be aware that's what it is, but it's like I, I feel like I have control here. I know what to expect. I'm comfortable. I don't have to be pushed out of my comfort zone unless I choose to step out of it. And we we worry maybe about things on a subconscious level of if I truly cross through this barrier of realizing that I deserve to be more than just content, that that is a true possibility is that you can experience life that goes way beyond being content where you are so fulfilled and it just feels like you're just like full of zest and energy and that childlike wonder and people you know sometimes think that that's just like foolishness but it's really not because um you know we have this option to create our version of heaven or hell while we're here you know um and when i say hell you know i mean like like w- suffering you know we have this ability to choose how we're going to experience things and so you definitely always have the option to have more than just content but life might have been very difficult for you that content might have been like such a relief that you got out of a dark place and you finally got to at least be content and you're so grateful for that that it's almost like you feel like you don't dare ask for more you know like um why should I ask for more? Is that selfish of me to ask for more? And so we just kind of settle in this place. And sometimes we may find that we're really not content. We've only allowed ourselves to believe it. And you can tell this by you've created this illusion, kind of like I used, people used to tell me it was my la-la land. I didn't give myself that name. Other other people would be like, Leslie, like you like go to La La Land. Like you, you have this perception that's just it doesn't even exist. And so basically what it is is like you kind of go into this denial that you are happy with being content, that that's, that's as close to you as your happiness. You know, everything is fine, everything is okay. And um And in this way, you don't recognize that you long for so much more than content. And it shows up as this slight dissatisfaction, this stirring of not really being able to truly feel fulfilled. Um, Feelings of, you know, it can lead to addictions. For me, it led to addiction. That was one of it. Actually, that's not what sparked the addiction, but that um, really kind of helped keep me in that place. Um, it can, you know, again, create veils of illusions and denial where you, um, struggle to see the truth of your situation and how you feel because you're trying to hold on to this content. And so to give it up, you might subconsciously feel stressed or anxiety about the thought of how it's going to create a lot of change. I used to be someone that 
well, I, I've gotten so much better, but like, I did not like change. <laughs> um, even the good changes had an impact on me. And sometimes people think that's weird. Like, why would a good change, in, you know, have an impact on you that's stressful? But it did. Um, and I actually remember um, somebody telling me that uh, about how, you know, I'm so insightful and I'm so intuitive, but I just don't seem to adapt well to change. It stresses me out. And I've come so far <laughs> in life around this particular subject because you know, one has to consider really accepting and embracing that the only true one consistent thing in life, well, it's not the one, there's, there's many things, but one of the most consistent things in life is that everything changes constantly. I mean, that's just, that's just a simple fact. It's undisputable. And whatever doesn't flow and becomes stagnant, you know, begins to turn into poison. So if you are in this bubble of content, you might notice that it's actually becoming very stagnant and that can turn into uh, a, some type of self-poisoning in some way because, you know, we're meant to flow. But by breaking through the content, you have to deal with the changes and changes can bring anxiety because it's pushing you out of your bubble. It's cr- pushing you through the threshold. The change means that you're dealing with new waters, good or bad. You have to refine your place in each change. You have to deal with new energies, um, new tasks, new, possibly new demands, trying to harmonize with it. For me, that's what it was always about is that that meant I had to reharmonize I had to deal with newer energies. I had to change up my routines. I can be a very spontaneous person, yet simultaneously, I have certain routines around certain types of things in my life that's very grounding for me. And I can get very uh, clingy to my routines because it, you know, it goes back to this feeling of safety of this is part of my order. And so the, all of that st- can be changed and challenged. And so that can just create anxiety. And we might be worried on a subconscious level of those changes bringing um, certain types of pains. Like, let's say if you truly let yourself break through the content it means you have to actually face the fact that you don't like your job. And for, I mean, you could be someone who's worked there for years. And the last thing right now that you really want to actually deal with is suddenly not liking your job. At least you're content, right? But if you suddenly don't like it because you've actually broken through the content to see the truth of how you feel, and uh, you've crossed that threshold into your power and your power is like, hey, uh, this job is not serving of you. You're at a higher awareness now and so you're becoming more in tune that you're actually meant for different things, um, you, know, you, you know, or you're meant for more abundance and so this job's not going to be that for you, so we need to go. And that can, you know, for you it might be like, this is the worst time 
for me to suddenly have a crisis about my job, you know, because people are just thankful to have a job right now. If it's one that is like actually works with their schedule or or pays them enough to at least pay their bills. Um, and so that can, that could cause distress that somebody might then want to really avoid by hiding behind this content. Um, it could be subconscious fears and worries about losing people in your life because, you know, that does happen sometimes. The more authentic I allow myself to be, not just inwardly, but really rise to the occasion to start being transparent. Some of us really live with a lot of authenticity on an introverted level but we're there's there's like this missing link this gap between us truly expressing it outside of us right which is also part of not fully being in our power we're not truly aligning just yet with the the allness of us okay uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not on the right track because we are that's a very hard barrier for some people to cross it was for me it brought me so much anxiety when spirit told me like hey girl (laughs) it's time for you to be transparent because like hardly anybody knows anything about you truly like I would just post and share and speak on what was safe with people because there was this hidden idea that uh you know I can't be understood uh it seems like every time I communicate, it's so taken the wrong way or it triggers people or I frighten people um, because these are things that have been said to me a lot throughout the years. And it's always like before they actually get to know me, it's like once people actually get to know me, they sometimes laugh and it's like, I can't, you know, like... I don't know why I thought this and that you're actually, you know, but it was something, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but I used to get told that a lot that I was intimidating or that people thought I was actually like really mean. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I've been persecuted, like where people just straight up like blew up on me. Like I would say something that triggered you know, a belief that they had, especially like religion. There's like so much about religion. I feel like I can't talk about, you know, especially around certain people because it's like they get so defensive and then they would like blow up and freak out on me. And that was always difficult for me because, um, I am not somebody that, uh, I can handle confrontation so much better now, but back then, like I, it was really hard for me to deal with very aggressive, harsh energies like that. Like I would cry, like it would make me cry or I would shut down. I either cried or I completely would just end up shutting down and becoming like very, very silent and quiet and like not wanting to speak at all. (laughs) Um, so there was persecution. And so some people might be worried about that, like worried about being made fun of, worried about being judged, worried about people like intellectually dominating them or spiritually trying to dominate them with their wisdoms and knowings in a way that makes you suddenly feel so invalidated. Um, It could, you know, worries of just straight up losing people because 
you know, it's that, I hate to say that, but that sometimes is going to happen. Um, because the more you become transparent and, and step into that energy, um, it is going to sometimes really help vibrate out those who are not actually an alignment and who don't resonate with you. Like people who were really more attached to the other um, versions of you or the mask or um, their perceptions of who they thought you were, that like that was the person that they uh, liked or felt attached to. And so as you began to really show your truth, it can feel like they suddenly like don't feel like they know who you are or they may not agree with who you are. And so we can get a lot of anxiety about that, of being worried about losing friends. And, you know, some of us might actually know that our truth we already know without having expressed it yet is going to be in the opposition of some of the people that we do care about. And this is one of the things that I always like to encourage people with this, um, is that yes, sometimes we do lose people and yes, it really does hurt. But at some point you have to ask yourself, do I truly want to be seen and heard and loved for who I really am though? Or, you know, no. And you have to think when we always choose the no, like we choose to, you know what, it's actually fine if I'm not truly seen or heard or loved for who I really am. We put part of ourselves in a deep isolation. I mean, it's like locked in a cage. (laughs) It's not getting the love and acceptance and community that it so much needs. We all need that Um, We are actually very um, sociable creatures. We are designed to need interaction. Now, this is not to be confused with not knowing how to be alone. Um, It's very important to be able to be alone and to be very comfortable and beyond comfortable to actually get, get so in love with it. Like, um, you can feel so joyful and happy completely alone and have a lot of fun, uh, and feel totally at peace where you just, you don't need anything. You don't need anything inside of you. But at the same time, it's still good to recognize though, that as sociable creatures, uh, too much isolation for anybody is not a healthy thing, you know, and too much of anything is not healthy, right? So you, we were designed to have friends, you know, at least one good friend. Um, For some of us, you know, especially if we struggle sometimes with, with people, you know, that's why we have pets. That's why a lot of us will suddenly feel the urge to get a new pet or to really go connect with nature is because we're, it's that social side of us trying to connect. So yes, sometimes we do lose people, but we also gain people. I have gained such a beautiful spiritual tribe of people. And, um, I am so thankful for this because, um, I feel so seen and heard and loved 
And I'm getting to have that experience from who Leslie really, truly is. And it's very powerful because if you've never really had that, um, it can be a very emotional experience when it does occur. When you realize that this whole time you have been such a beautiful person, you have never been too much for somebody or not for somebody, but like too much for people. You know, I always felt like I was too much (laughs) for anybody. Um, because I had all these spiritual experiences and like who is going to be able to hold space for someone like me. And, uh, you know, like, there's just things about me. It's like a package deal. I can't separate myself from these spiritual things. Uh, I've already tried that. It doesn't work, but it doesn't, it's not always comfortable to other people. And so, uh, and there was times that I felt like I was like an abomination, like somebody that was like not meant to be here. Cause then like something got really distorted and messed up. And so, you know, that part of me needed community, but it, it, and it needed, very genuinely aligned community. And so you might be somebody who does actually need that. And, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's things to navigate. It's being able to really trust that those who are meant to be in your life are going to still be there. Um, sometimes we grow and we pierce those veils and discover that, the, the, the things we were worried about losing don't go. It's not like it's a for sure thing. Like, okay, if I, if I break through my content and threshold, I'm going to automatically lose X, Y, and Z. You would be surprised, um, at the power of love. Um, I thought I was for sure going to lose my family. Um, and I'm almost getting emotional right now because that that was something I was so terrified of, of am I really going to embarrass my parents? Am I going to embarrass my family? Am I going to really hurt them in some way? I didn't want them to feel like, you know, we failed at raising her because this is completely opposite from everything we taught her, everything we raised her. And I, I stressed about that because I have so much love for my mom, so much love for her because she, you know, she lost a husband to suicide and was stuck, not stuck, but she had three little kids to take care of. And she had a lot of grief. She had to take care of herself at the same time. And it was really hard. She had to, you know, imagine losing your spouse and instead of getting to just stay in bed and work through your pain or shut down like most people need, like, you know, often need to go through to heal, she, there was nobody, there was no more partner to help take care of the kids. So she had to force herself up out of bed every day in that extreme mode of grief to still show up for three kids. And she, did an amazing job at trying to be very brave for us by trying to smile and trying to laugh and trying to reassure us that, you know, like everything's going to be okay and that, uh, you know, we can find joy again. Like we have to keep moving on. We can't give up. 
Um, and so I had, I have so much tenderness and love for my mom because especially now that I'm a mom, uh, gosh, I, that's so difficult when you need to work through your own pain, but you've got somebody who depends on you and you have to take, show up and take care of this person. Um, it's difficult. So there was a lot of fear of, uh, will I lose my family? Will I be abandoned by them? Um, and, you know, the power of love is amazing in the sense that there is a lot of things that they probably do not agree with. Um, there are a lot of things that um, are really out there for them that I express and talk about. But, you know, I didn't lose my family. They still deeply love me. I still have very healthy relationships with relationships with them, you know, to the best of our ability to connect. I'm still very much involved in their lives. And instead, we just have certain topics that we just don't talk about. Um, I mean, we could, but it never really ends very well. So we accept that we're different, but we are the same in the sense that we have love for each other. And that's all that truly matters. So there's just certain areas that we just don't intellectually explore together. And we accept that. So what I'm trying to get at is sometimes we fear things about these changes um, and they don't even actually happen anyways, because uh, what is meant to be for you is going to be for you and nothing can get in the way of that. So at some point you have to ask yourself, you know, would I rather have the self-content um, and it's and even if it's an illusion or would I rather experience the truth of me and finding out that uh, there is room for me in this life and that I'm, I actually am more fulfilled in this truth of me and knowing that um, because we're sociable creatures, the divine is not going to leave you completely alone. Like you might go through some times of, of feeling alone, but eventually your tribe is going to show up. And the reason why there's a time lapse is that as you are evolving, you your energy is changing, your vibrations changing. And so there becomes a period where certain vibrations are leaving as newer vibrations are coming in or, you know, and it's kind of like for a moment, it's kind of a confusion, a chaos to the universe because you got two energies going on at the same time. But what happens is, and so during that time, sometimes we experience being alone like not even having our new friends yet because we're in a confused, energetic place. Even if we're not mentally and emotionally confused, energetically there is um, confusion, chaos that is working itself out back into order naturally without you having to actually do a whole lot to you. You can put attention to it and work to it, but even if you don't know how to do that or you don't have any more... <clears throat> strength right now or stamina or, or, um, you know, you're just tired. Like you don't have to worry is what I'm trying to say because that chaos will work itself out. And so basically what happens is finally, as all that oldness is pushed all the way out and you fully are stepping into the new, uh, vibration <clears throat> that you are embodying, then it's like now the fog lifts and 
people in the universe can actually see you. And so then your, your, your soul tribe gravitates towards you. So sometimes we use content as a way to avoid the truth, to avoid what we truly feel and see. It is to keep us safe. And uh, so self-content and uh, the procrastination can really impact each other and make it seem like it's so hard to move through, you know, like there's just not enough motivation or inspiration and you can watch all the motivation shows and speeches and podcasts and talks all day long and you will at times feel this sense of urge, this euphoria, this energy of, yeah, you know, like I'm going to change my life. And then you notice it just disappears. Um, and basically what happens is that we tend to try and make changes through willpower alone and, and through discipline, you know, and the, the problem with it in a long-term sense, there's no problem with it on a short-term sense, but if that's the only two things that we are approaching it with, eventually the willpower ends up running out. Like we end up losing our willpower because, you know, it's not a, um, it's, it's not always a, what am I trying to say? Like a steady stream, you know, like sometimes we lose it. We got to rebuild it. You know, our discipline can fail us. And so that's why things, you know, may not, uh, last long, this sense of, I can do something about it. So how we create more of a lasting transformation is that we have to first be willing to get very honest with ourselves, like very painfully honest. Let me tell you, every time that Leslie has to get very honest with Leslie, sometimes it is very painful. It's very uncomfortable. It's very difficult to, to really ex- like look at and accept. But, you know, because I am such a, like, stubborn person, uh, I, I just go ahead and, um, the stubbornness is not just like, oh, I don't want to look at this. The stubbornness becomes like, oh no, we're facing this. Like, oh, this hurts. This is shitty. Oh my gosh. Like, this is, you know, I can't believe, you know, like I, but my stubbornness is like, uh, girl, we're taking responsibility for this. Like you are not taking any way out of this. Like that's the stubbornness in that sense is a good thing for me is that it holds me to a really high level of accountability only because I don't like deception. I don't like illusions. Um, I, my psyche has been through to like, it went through so much as a child that I'm, I'm somebody that's like, I just want to get to the point of something. I just want to see the clarity of something. Um, I don't want to feel, you know, I don't want to manipulate. I don't want to be manipulated. I don't want to deceive people. I don't want to be deceived. So I'm like really transparent in a way that, um, can sometimes be triggering and probably really annoying. Um, and I'm trying to work on being very more delicate of how I'm being transparent, like the, my approach and like, you know, I don't always have to say what I think. I don't always have to express what I feel, but I'm just a very transparent person. And because of that, I, I 
push myself to be transparent with myself. Like I take that same concept and I push it on myself. Like, you know, you're not, we're not going to gaslight ourselves right now. I know this is very hard to face about yourself. It's very difficult to accept, but like you're going to do it. (laughs) And it does, it pushes me to push through my veils because I don't want to live my life caught up in fantasies and distortions and you know what has been called la la land because I've spent time there like I have been in those places and I realized that after a while it it became a real blockage in my life and uh, I was deceiving myself gaslighting myself and not knowing it you know like I just thought that I absolutely love to be a mom. This is this is one of the big ones. Um, I just knew for sure I just loved being a mom. <laughs> and uh, one day I had to pierce the veil of actually, Leslie, uh, being a mom sometimes really stresses you out. Uh, you get really stressed sometimes about uh, the accountability of being a mom because it's like there's a part of me that's like I, I just don't want to be the reason that, you know, somehow she's like got issues, you know, because a lot of us, like most of our adulthood has been healing our our childhood. And so I convinced myself that I absolutely love being a mom all the time. It didn't stress me out. I totally got it down, you know, and that's dangerous. That's like total denial. Um, I had to face the fact that, you know, actually I get stressed about being a mom. I, I worry easily, um, about her, um, overall well-being, and I've had to really balance that and put it in perspective and understand that, like, um, that this is just very natural. It's just a very normal part of being a mom and that, uh, Leslie doesn't want to only be a mom. Like, she's got a personality and identity. So that was an illusion of me living in La La Land, I had to pierce it. And uh, it was difficult because then I felt guilt. Like, you know, you I love my child so much, but here I am realizing that I'm stressed out about being a mom and sometimes I don't enjoy it and it's, sometimes it's not fun. And then, you know, that came into, uh, well, this is called being a mom and that's so normal. And I talked to like other moms and they're like, uh, yeah, that's just, that is what being a mom is. It's part of the process. So you have to be willing to get very honest with yourself and then try your best to not judge yourself for what you end up seeing and realizing and being brave enough. I'm going to use that word because it is a type of courage. Being brave enough to face it and accept it um, if that's what your soul is saying to you. Like, you know, uh, being able to have so much love and compassion, it is nothing for us to feel embarrassed about. It's nothing for us to feel shame about because this is life. This is, you know, a lot of people in this world uh, spiritual people. I mean, I've been here, I've been one of these people. Um, you know, we can think that we are more evolved than what we are because intellectually we're very white, like smart, like we intellectually, we know so much we can sound so evolved. But then when you actually look at the actual experience, and transformation 
there are a lot of people who are not as far ahead or evolved as they claim to be. And in some way, we've all been this person. Some of us could still be doing that. You know, I catch myself in areas of like, um, oh, like you're not as developed in this as you thought, you know, like, let you know, and I have experiences that help show me this. So there's, there's, that's why I don't like comparison, um, the comparison thing. And I don't, like um the pressure that is kind of unspoken even in the spiritual community that uh you know oh we really need to evolve fast and like oh there's something wrong with you because you got a wound still and you're operating from a wound and yada 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 you know there's this this sense of like in this weird way it's like people are scared to actually show the truth of the fact that they are a very spiritual and wise person yes but at the same time, simultaneously, they're still experiencing things. And it's like, that's the whole point, you guys. Like, I don't trust a single master, teacher, mentor, whoever they claim themselves to be. Uh, sorry, that was like such a profound statement for me that I literally started clapping my hands, like getting dramatic there. Uh, it's like... um if they act like they're done with all their work, they're like done with transformation, they're so evolved, I don't trust it. I instantly am like, nope, I'm not studying under this person because I I, I love to have a mentor over me. I'm always somebody who is finding a mentor um, because I want to grow and evolve forever. Like, I love this stuff. I just love spirituality. I mean, I just have, I just freaking love it. And it's all, it's like all I know. It's my thing. So I want to keep experiencing. And the only way I can do that, um, as far as feeling confident and if I'm going to work and study under somebody is to know that they're doing the same thing. They have to be someone so committed that no matter how woke they feel they are, uh, no matter how conscious, no matter how healed, they're always working towards something. They're always growing, they're always experiencing. So there's, there's no shame in realizing that you're a very wise, profound person who still has a lot of work, you know, like, um, I'm one of those people as far as like, I'm somebody who's not done experiencing life. Uh, I'm still working through and figuring things out right now. My area of work is my psychic abilities, um, my energy abilities, my channeling abilities, my gifts, because I was downplaying all of these areas. So right now I'm doing a lot of work around that, evolving it. So get honest, see if you can embrace that, accept it, um, you know, take the time that's needed to process it and then realize that I don't have to stay here though. I can make the changes. I can transmute. I can pick a higher timelines. And then if that brings you anxiety and fear, then it's a great opportunity to start working around these fears. And, and in this way, you will begin to dissolve the self-sabotage. You will begin to dissolve the, the content um, that you end up getting kind of hiding behind and not realizing it. Um, you know, we have to reach a point 
where we actually allow ourselves to believe that we are truly worthy and that we deserve um, higher timeline, higher timelines, um, so that we're not being so scared of our power. Um, we have to really look at the idea that, um, we are amazing, powerful beings who are so divinely loved and supported, um, that it, believe it to such an extent that it gives us what we need to cross our thresholds. And, you know, sometimes what we discover about the truth of us, we may not like, like we might realize we don't actually like it, um, at first because it's really maybe uncomfortable or maybe it's something we've even made fun of before. And now it's just like, Oh shit, (laughs) I'm aligning with this now. And, uh, I never thought that I would. And so that, that can be a lot to take in for a person. And I know it was for me, um, you know, like one of mine was like channeling. I didn't know how I really felt about the idea of people channeling stuff. And, um, I felt like it was all spiritual woo woo. And then I found out that I have channeling abilities and that I was actually utilizing them, but not knowing it, I wasn't doing it in a flashy way. It was all introverted as in, you know, behind closed doors. And so I think that's what was part of mine is I think it's something about the flashiness of stuff. I considered that spiritual woo woo and I didn't like that. Um, so that caused me to not think that I would like channeling period or that I had a problem with it or something. And then I found out it's part of what I do. So, you know, these are just a lot of opinions of mine and you can take whatever resonates throw out what doesn't but um I just feel like how we break free from this is you know also getting to the sometimes the root cause we don't have to go this route it just depends on the type of person you are and how you approach but you can kind of look and see where these began for you to begin with like You could have simply been somebody that was like, uh, I found out that I could still get things done at the last minute and because I could get it done just as good in my opinion of what I think anyways, then I got in this habit of putting things off. And I just want to say something really quickly too, is that for some of us, we might be getting confused with procrastination as us trying to pursue that which is not in alignment with us. Sometimes we are kind of hard on ourselves of why am I procrastinating about this particular thing? Um, I know I need to get it done, but I have like zero energy. Well, this is really important. Um, What is in alignment with you is going to bring natural energy for you. So you can pay attention to where your energy goes and it can teach you so much. If something never, like if something does not bring you energy, like it just doesn't, it, if anything, it's just more draining and you have to like really work up the energy to deal with it, then that's not in alignment with you is what, or that's how I would have 
perceive that is like your energy flows to that which is right for you. And of course, there is times that spirit might have you rest. Like, yes, this thing's in alignment for you, but right now you need to rest. So you're not going to have much energy right now for it because you're going through something and maybe not consciously aware of it that is needing a timeout. It's not time to pursue something like to, um, like it's not time, like for, like, for example, I teach a course. Um, I have a sacred Jaguar temple course that I teach and it has a micro dosing option and it's all around shadows around the psyche. I really, we work with the psyche and healing like splits of psyche. Um, you know, we really work with fear, like confronting fear and transmuting it. And, and we do this in a way that is very, I teach it in a way that is very opposite of anything that's heavy. That way I can actually create space for another and hold that space for them to actually dig into these areas. So I teach it in a very um, calm and stable um, and of a high vibration state so that this person is in a very safe place to work through these areas. And, um, my, my actual presence, my energy is like a catalyst. And so because I have clear sentence, I can energetically, uh, tune in with my client to help them get through the things that they're going through on an energetic level. I can help hold the energy of things so that they can work through them and not feel overwhelmed or um, get suddenly paralyzed with that fear. So we literally transmute these things and clear it and, and we heal the psyche. Um, I have a lot of experience with the psyche and I've studied all about all the different types of mental illnesses or what we perceive them to be. And I've looked into what the spiritual reasons, the spiritual components, the spiritual phenomenon behind them all. I've dissected all of those. And um, I work with the jaguar. The black jaguar is my power animal. Uh, She found me when I was a child, as in she showed up in my life when I was a kid. And pretty much helped raise me as far as helping me through my spiritual awakening and teaching me in the dream state. And so um, this course is like initiation into Jaguar medicine. Uh, I am a medicine woman. I don't think I've ever actually said that. I am a medicine, like on the podcast anyways, I am a medicine woman um, who has studied in South Africa and Dominican Republic and here in the United States. Um with some of the native cultures. And so I've gone through like shamanic uh, initiation and training. Um, and But I go beyond just shamanism. Um, I'm really connected to a lot of earth, uh, earth magic. It's, that's not really the term because I, I don't actually do anything with spells. I don't mess with black magic or anything like that. But I'm connected to like ancient uh, energy and wisdoms, um, of the earth and other, uh, realms. I am connected to many realms. And so I do a lot of soul retrieval, astral travels, dimension travels, 
um, communicating with other life forms. So I'm, I'm teaching this course, um, by the way, you guys, I have uh, created an online spiritual academy and it launches October 1st and it's got incredible mentors from all around the world and there's just a ton of classes of all different types of spiritual um, concepts, modalities, topics um, that are being taught through this academy and students can enroll in the academy or in these courses and um, it's it's going to be such a a wonderful experience. And so I invite anyone who's interested in that, by the way, um, you can reach out to me at the lighthousekeeper11 at gmail.com or the shadow shaman pod. And that's like pod at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook um, under Leslie Phillips. I have a Pink Floyd poster uh, in the background of my profile pic. That's how you'll know it's me. And we have, you know, the shadow work enlightenment group on Facebook. But, um, I just brought that up to say that, uh, you know, we can lose energy, um, and something can be right for us in the sense that like, I will have some videos I need to record and I'm super passionate about the videos that I'm wanting to record, but for some reason I will start procrastinating and, and and that's and what it is is more like I just don't have the energy for it. It's like not today. I'm just not feeling this. So sometimes we also want to pay attention to that because um your energy will tell you a lot about something. So if you're procrastinating at times about something that you are normally very excited about, that you're passionate about, that can just simply be that you're needing to surrender to flow. You know, there's, there's like work, 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 masculine. And then there's, you know, action. That's the masculine. And then there's flow, which is the feminine. And that's where we actually take a break from all the work and action so that we can receive. So it's kind of like, you know, the work is putting, planting all your seeds and the flow is you actually reaping the harvest. And sometimes we get called for like these timeouts of rest so that our soul can actually recollect itself. Um, newer wisdoms, awareness might be wanting to come in or just, uh, the soul realizing it needs to rebuild up its energy, you know, um, being able to connect to source and, um, which is actually a continuous flow of energy, um, through source. And so, you know, it's in flow that creation happens. It's in that ability to just rest and pause, um, that, really allows our manifestations to really come to be <clears throat> all that we've done on this hard work. And so that's just something you might consider as well. But if you're procrastinating like often, uh, like a lot about something, it might just simply be telling you that it's not even just the fact that it's, it could be a self-sabotage thing, but that it it's literally not in alignment with you what it is you're trying to pursue 
And that that's why you don't have a natural source of urge or inspiration to take that action. So that's just some things to think about. And, you know, if you're somebody who tends to put things off to last minute just because you realize that you're capable of pulling it off, you might consider, you know, in some cases that's obviously like fine. Like we may not ever care to change that and that's totally fine. But on things that might actually be kind of important to you, um, you might consider how much more profound your action or creation could be if you didn't procrastinate, if you allowed yourself to treat it as something more sacred and having a little bit more of um, an honorable approach of, well, what if I didn't procrastinate because even though I could get it done in time, I want to see how I can make this like the best of not the best. It doesn't have to be about the best, but like a very honorable thing, like where I really show up and like try and see what I can do if I actually didn't procrastinate and took that time to really engage with something and treat it as a very sacred process. Um, that could be just making that decision to try to see how to bring more honor and sacredness into stuff can help push you out of this procrastination mode. Because some of these are just habits. Like when it comes to procrastination, uh, some of it can also be just a habit. Like it's become part of a lifestyle choice. And um, one of the best ways to break out of it is to start forcing yourself to take action um, around the little things. Like if you know you got bills to pay, um, you like don't put off the bills, like pay them. Uh, that's like one little baby step to getting over this lifestyle of procrastination of, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and pay the bill and just do it because it, it seems so silly and simple, but it's important because what it's doing is it's teaching you how to overcome that procrastination energy. It's teaching you how to step over it and that will help you with the bigger stuff. So if there's a phone call you need to make, you know, you got to call the insurance company and like, that's such a drag. Uh, instead of putting it off, like be like, you know what, I'm going to just do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it to prove that I can beat my procrastination by doing it. So seeing if you can, when you're feeling that procrastination energy, um, and it's really about stuff that you can take care of right then and there, just make the choice, even though you don't feel like it, make the choice just to transmute the energy of this procrastination to prove to yourself, um, that you have more control, you know, like that's how you can turn it into is like, you know what, I'm going to prove that I have the control and strength to overcome this procrastination by doing this and not the sense of, well, I know I could if I really wanted to, so I'm not going to like, no, push yourself because what happens is you will often notice you feel like better after just taking care of it, like you feel relief that you actually, it's not even on the plate anymore. It's not subconsciously like this task list that's not being completed and it's worrying you, you know, instead of, you know, putting off folding the laundry, like go fold the laundry. Um, and it's, it seems so simple, but just these little things that you can do 
can actually trigger your own catalyst to overcoming procrastination by simply making lifestyle changes. And when you notice that you actually start feeling better um, after just handling it and the amount of free space you have uh, consciously and energetically, you'll begin to see how powerful this is and why um, you can really change your life by doing this because eventually you start to face bigger stuff and it's so much easier to just deal with the bigger stuff head on because you've been like training your spirit to overcome this sense of procrastination. So there's just lots of different um, tools here um, that you might consider and dive into, see if you can put into practice and just really aligning yourself the best you can to your soul can really help you work through this stuff. And just, I ask that question all the time, is this in alignment with me? And, you know, if a thought comes, I ask the thought, you know, well, who are you? Um, this helps me realize that, you know, ego talks a lot. So a thought will come and I'm like, that's interesting. Who are you? And this helps remind me that I'm the soul that's observing the thought. So when I ask the question, it separates for a second, this ego and soul awareness. And now that I've done that, I then ask myself, um, is this in alignment with me? Yes or no. And I get that answer. For some people, it might be a feeling. If it feels light, if it feels good, if it feels um, at ease, that might be your body saying yes. If it's really heavy, um, that might be your body saying no. Everybody experiences different. For me, it's my intuition is just yes or no, yes or no. It just tells me. Um, so asking that question throughout your day, like a lot, can really start helping you um, f- to figure out what's in alignment with who you are and how you can begin to embrace your power and we embrace our power not only through working through these these blocks these um fears um these defense mechanisms but also by just starting to actually put stuff into practice if you don't put anything into practice or anything into action then it nothing changes nothing transmute it doesn't go anywhere it's like a hamster in a wheel so we have to actually look for a call of action so that we can integrate things into our new sense of lifestyle. And again, I really encourage you to go back and look at that root chakra and work with that. So I hope that that is helpful to you guys and I will see you all soon.